listening to Nats Talk on the go, the longest-running Washington Nationals podcast going today, with your hosts Joe Drugan and Craig McHenry. Joe and Craig, let's do it. Hey, Craig, uh, baseball's happening. What? Wait, what? I know. Where, where have you been? What? It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, I I deal with this every year. I don't know if it's hit me yet. Do you deal with this problem where, like, the season started, and I know the season started. I'm watching Steven Strasburg pitch against the Braves right now, and I know factually that is that it is not a an exhibition game, but it hasn't quite hit me that, like, after this one, there's 159 more of these. Well, it's so difficult with the way the schedule is set up. Yeah. Uh, that they built they build in that first off day, uh, or the first day, um, just in case of weather. Which this year it looked like th- I think three teams had rainouts or massive delays on that first day. So, yeah, I, mean, I, I just want I think it's a great idea that they do that. I mean, it's a, it's it, a great it, idea, it, but it sucks. It's so, oh, it's awful. Like, there's nothing worse than you get amped up for that first game and you talk to people about it and you're like, uh, now a day off. Yeah. <laughs> like, and the Nationals have that too. If, if they play on Thursday at home, then on Friday, it's going to be another day off. And I mean, here we're looking at, what was it, a four o'clock Monday start and here we are, it's Wednesday night. Yeah. Ugh. The players have some time. so long. And they had to stay in Atlanta. Yeah. Which that's... is awful. It <laughs> smells. Because there are zombies everywhere. It, and also paper mills. Oh yeah, the paper mills are the worst. They smell so bad. Yeah. Um, but baseball's happening, and we're you know excited about it. I think. Yep. So we were coming we into we were coming into the show like an hour ago, and I was like, "So what are we going to talk about?" And now I think we might have too much to talk about. You know what? I'm okay with that. That's what always ends up happening with us, though. Isn't well, it? it it is. But now we actually have support, oh, so gosh. we're not struggling to get in under a certain time frame. Yeah, so um, let's so we don't have to pay all of the money. Let, let's talk about the support for a moment. Yes, shall we? We shall, uh, because this is important enough that it it, it is our A story. No, uh, it's nice. It, this is top of the fold stuff here. This, yeah, this is this is above the fold A one. For those of you that don't know what that is, that's a newspaper. It's something. Ask your parents about it. Yeah, exactly. It's a thing that used to exist, and now you read on a a tablet. Yes, that's both totally. I haven't picked up a newspaper in quite some time. Um, Last so, newspaper I bought, real quick. Yeah. Max Scherzer's first no hitter the day after. Nice. Last yep. newspaper I bought, uh, day Barack Obama won the presidency in 2008. That is a long time. <laughs> True story. True story. Be- before that, it was the first division title one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know neither of those, and I immediately regret that decision. <laughs> and uh, Beard, I just want to break some news, chose uh, Arrow over us, and so Beard is listening. That is quite an honor, Beard. Thank you. Wow, you totally mixed that up. He, they chose he chose us over Arrow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Words. It's fine. The actual honor thing. Sorry, I was getting excited for our A story that we're getting. Far okay, away. A story. Yeah. Um, wow. Already going off the rails. This is the best. I, I love you guys. Thank you. So, I want to start with this. When Craig and I, in episode one fourteen of this podcast, decided to launch the. Uh, launch special ops and launch a group you know our supporters group i don't know craig's i'm not even gonna go there but <laughs> we were hoping to get anything we were hoping that there would be some people that would be gener- generous enough to give us uh, a little bit of money and it wasn't anything about you guys because you guys are awesome and supportive it's just we you know we were hoping for a little bit of help yes we well. did not expect to cover our costs at all to be honest no oh no we didn't we were you know we we did not expect that we hoped to take a dent into our costs yes um within 24 hours of episode 114 being released we covered every basically every dollar of of a year of operating this show yeah um plus a little bit more yes so from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Uh, you should have seen our text messages back and forth that day. It was basically just full of, wow, and are you kidding me? Uh, like, 
And it's still it's still happening. The wows and are you kiddings are still happening. Believe, no question. And I believe I updated Joe on the total special ops number the other day, and he goes, "But why?" Yeah, that's exactly what I said. I think I said, "But why though?" Yeah, I, uh, I you know, and it we got donations from people that we have met many, many, many times and know well. We got donations from people that we've never met. We've got donations from people that we did not know even listen to the show. Um, and so thank you so much. We, yeah, I can't even, I literally yep. can't even. We're, we're really overwhelmed by the support that you guys have shown and we're incredibly thankful and, uh, really, really happy with where the show is looking to go. And we actually can do the, the pipe dream things we've always talked about and always wanted to do. So, um, we're really just moved, touched, blown away all of those things so um yeah thank you uh we we promised you before uh that anyone that donates anything to our show gets a thank you on the next show so we're gonna go ahead and do that right now uh michelle a nats fan thank you so much uh lisa into nats thank you beth dalman minnesota underscore nicer who really is minnesota nicer thank you so much Jen at Vandy Girl 1998. Thank you, Lauren, the animal. Yes. Thank you. Yes, that's the, that's perfect. It's the, it's all on the one. It's there. right there. It's right there. It's Lauren right the there. animal. Uh, Steph, Steph, Bully Nats. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Chris, Chris, Nalik, CJ, wonderful. Are I want to say furthest support? Uh no, we have we have California, don't we? Sort of. Yeah. Oh, okay. Fair. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Heather K in DC, my, you know, our, our friend, uh, Kelly and the pugs. Thank you. Beautiful. Tammy, amazing blue girl. Awesome. Thank you. Beth, uh, Beth rich 52. Thank you. John, John Fang one. Always yes. just the one. Thank you, John. Uh, Bobby who wrote us an email that legitimately made me cry. Thank you. Not hard to do. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's true too. But Travis Expo Strasburg, thank you. Uh, Judith, thank you. John S W D C John O, thank you. Uh, Nick underscore Annan, thank you. High school friend of Craig and mine. Thank that's you. right, middle school friend of you. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Actually. Going back, Leslie Mullet Girl, thank you. Susan Edit underscore Susan, thank you. Uh, my brother, Sean, Smack Henry, thank you. Uh, HSI friend and uh, the Nats blog writer, Frank, Nationals 101, thank you. Greg, uh, if you're on Twitter, please let us know, Greg. Yes, please do that. And thank uh, you. Andrew, Andy underscore Lomelli, I hope I'm getting that right, thank you. Yes, yep, there we go. Jared, uh, SC via DC, we got a couple of uh, South Carolinas in there, thanks, Jared. And last but certainly not least, uh, Daniel uh, DG Quovatimus. We are doing uh, this announcement in the form of uh, Dan and Casey on Sports Night uh, for the Christmas episode where they're thanking staff. So that one is for you. Yes. Awesome. Uh, so those are the the twenty four supporters we have at this point. Um, we we are very overwhelmed, and uh, we you know the, you've already given us a path to move the podcast forward and continue to, to grow and do more and do the things that, you know, that you all want as our supporters. So thank you all again, so very much. And uh, I think maybe we talk about baseball now. Yeah, let's do it. Thanks everyone. Uh, so <laughs> I love, I love now that I said that the first thing on the quote unquote agenda is y the thing you sent me. Yay. Baseball. Yay. Baseball. Yep. Right there, except for, you know, what we just saw, but that's fine. Oh, wow. That's a nice catch. It's a really nice catch. Wow. That was a nice catch. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, um, so happy that we can see catches like that, even if it's against the Nationals. Yeah. There's just something that, yeah, the web gems are the best. And uh, yeah. But Zimmerman also showing quite a bit of power in the opposite way, which. Which, you know, he's going yeah. when he's going the opposite way. So, yeah. Uh, so, I guess the, the big story off the top is. Um, Ben Revere's on a disabled list. <laughs> yeah, we talked about last year, the Nationals had, what, two games or something like that with their actual projected opening day lineup. And yeah. this year, 
they made it through three, four innings? Four I think innings? it was four. I think oh, it was four. made it through four whole innings before uh, Ben Revere, obviously and very clearly for anyone that, you know, oh, he saw grabbed his side. Oh, oblique injury. There we go. And it's really a shame. It was his first swing of the season, tweaked his, uh, his ribs, and obliques are so tricky. And I feel like we're talking about injuries that we've talked about hundreds of times it's just upsetting yeah it it, we got a couple of questions about the uh, about it because when you hear when it came out it was just like the immediate guttural reaction of everybody of like oh here we go and i was like well guys hold on hold on we've got a new manager and basically an entire new coaching staff a new medical staff let's not go crazy here and then of course like the next day he's on the disabled list for 15 days but i think one of the differences is there was an acknowledgement of dusty said today before the game he said you know we kind of figured it's gonna take longer than seven days you know because he was feeling worse today so we put him on the dl because we needed a player and and that did not happen last year no that was you know a, a player would sit for 10 days and then go or or even worse in 10 days they would get one at bat and then it would be, you know, they would end up being on the disabled list for 15 new days because they got one at that in 10 days to try to see if they were right, which is exactly what you should do in a rehab stint in the minor leagues. Um, Amazing. That's why that whole organization exists. So I think that's already an improvement. And before we like go crazy and be like, oh, it's the end of the world. This was the team's first injury right. since, since the beginning of spring training. So. Yep. You know, maybe a little slack to the fact that, like, yes, it, injuries happen during the year. It just so happened that it happened on, you know, in inning four, which is right around the time that it happened with Ramos a couple of years ago, and that really sucks. But, you know, injuries happen, and the Nationals have a level of depth at outfield if no place else. And so it could have been worse. Yeah, the fallback of having Michael A. Taylor there is not so bad at all. Yeah, especially with the way that he's been hitting. Um, uh, yeah, it could be worse. And I think it could be easy to react and go, here we go again, but it is different by nature of the fact that the staff is different. It is, it is different. Yeah. Um, so oblique injuries, man, they've been happening so much over the past, I don't know, five years. It seems like before that you never heard anything about obliques at all. You got to wonder about the training weights regimen of these, you know, players in baseball now just they're getting so strong they're so fit and got him um sorry i didn't mean to spoil that for you joe um <laughs> i'm not used to it yet again I anyway know. anyway uh the they're getting so strong in the upper body that they might be overworking certain muscles that are really affecting how they swing and that their core isn't quite there. At least that's what I've come to understand about all the rash of oblique injuries that they're just, they're doing all these upper body, all this weight work, but they're not really strengthening everything that needs to be strengthened. Therefore they're overextending up top and that's causing the muscles between the ribs to really go out of whack. Yeah. There's no question that that's true. I mean, you players are built differently now there is a lot more emphasis on just bulking up and getting strong over the course of a season because you lose a lot of that mass throughout the year because you're playing six games a week or seven games a week you don't have time to you know hit the weight room um and so you're uh, you're almost certainly right that some of that other stuff is building up where so where you're not seeing the you know leaving with the with the you know the shoulder stuff for a hitter as as much you're seeing the you know the oblique stuff yeah and it seems like i mean ben revere obviously not a power hitter but i mean his first at bat of the season his first swing of the season he was probably swinging hard you know yeah that, oh yeah sure at all x ball players which we will talk about x ball players later mm-hmm. um that you talk to which i talk to them all the time myself yeah, of course. um they say that the nerves are still there they've just learned how to harness them in some way. And so these players get excited when they get out there on the field, when they're done in Florida and they finally get in front of the, you know, half capacity crowd at Turner field, <laughs> Yeah, you know, they get a little excited that the games actually count. And so swinging a little bit too hard, swinging, you know, 
for the fences maybe, and you're going to cause these injuries instead of, you know, kind of concentrating in on yourself and just going to work and doing what you usually do. But these oblique injuries, man, they're, they're, they're trouble because you don't know how long it's going to be. Rib injuries are the worst. I broke my rib in December and you just, it's not healed until it's healed. Yeah. You can think I'm feeling a lot better and then you can sneeze and you can die. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's the reality of the, of it. So, you know, you hope that Revere comes back quickly. Wasn't one of Span's injuries an oblique or was that? Yes, I believe it was. I believe we've had several. Yeah. I know Zimmerman had one. Yeah. I knew Zimmerman did. Um, So it's tough to go with, but like I said, you know, with Michael A. Taylor and Ben Revere provide two different skill sets. Very much. Michael Taylor is a power hitter, low contact, a plus defense with a plus arm. And then, you know, Ben Revere is, has incredibly good contact, could hit for no power at all, and uh, has average-ish defense and a below-average arm. What do you think about Dusty leaving the lineup as it is and just slotting Michael A. Taylor in that leadoff spot? I'm fine with it because otherwise you're... I'm fine with not messing with the entire lineup construction at this point um, to leave Taylor up there because you don't know that he's going to be playing there every day yet for an extended period of time. It could be that Revere's injury isn't as serious. I think at some point you might have to reevaluate, but... Dusty said he, you know, when he pulled Taylor and Michael Taylor into his office to say, Hey, you're going to, we're going to have you lead off. Just try and get on base. He As said, much- I want to see how many times you can get on base. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So first of all, yay, Dusty for getting it. Yep. Uh, but also see how often he can get on base and then go from there. When you look at the rest of it, who is a better option? Uh, Rendon, but I really want him to hit second. And then, Murphy? <laughs> I mean, there's really not a better option to hit up there, and everybody else is slotted into an excellent place. Yes. So, you know, you could say, okay, put him six or something like that, but, like, then you're... You're, you're causing yourself everybody else up. Yeah. Um, and every, you know, would you rather have one guy out of place or five? And that to me is why I'm like, okay, uh, I, I'm okay with it for now. Now, if it gets really bad, then you have to make a decision. But I don't, I don't know that it's going to be really bad. What are you? What about you? Um, I think it all really depends on how long the injury is. I really do not. I think if you're leaving the lineup the way it is, if it's going to be a month, if it's going to be six weeks, I think that's going to be a problem because you're really not going to get the table setter you need to, and I think you need to do something to change the lineup up. It's not like they've really super established what they're doing. Uh, it's been one game. So, so I don't know. I, how, I agree. How do you make it, how, like, what What do you do? Who leads off? How do you, like, what does your lineup look like if you move Michael A. Taylor down? I probably put Rendon in the leadoff spot just because he is a high contact, good eye kind of guy. Yeah. Um, and then I would probably, I, I might, might even slot Michael A in two. You think that's a big enough difference? I think that's a big enough difference just to get someone on base. And then, you know, Michael A, you know, he's got some pop, he's got doubles power. I don't know. I just think I would rather not see him leading off. And if not changing the lineup is such a big deal, I really don't know who you'd put there. As much, yeah. So I don't know. Just, just ballpark. I I don't want Worth in the two hole. Um, I don't want Espinosa. I don't want Ramos. I don't. I mean, I would consider Murphy. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I I, I think if you're going to do that, you have to put Murphy too. Yeah. Other otherwise, you're just you're flipping Taylor and Rendon, and what are you really gaining? Yeah. I mean, not too much. You're not. You're gaining a guy that hits for maybe a little bit more power, but is going to strike out a whole bunch. So why not just put, you know, put uh, Rendon right in front of Harper. So, and and then, so I think you'd have to put Rendon one Murphy two. Yep. And then move Taylor down to six six or seven. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I like, I am a table setter on base percentage guy for the top of the lineup just as much as anybody, but I, 
I think you're really jarring the rest of the situation to to move one guy off the top. So I think I think it's fine for now. Now another guy gets injured and you do some shuffling. Yeah, you know, some guy in the heart you do some shuffling. But for now, I you know. And this is what this is why Michael A. Taylor's still with the big club. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, he 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 was going to be there from the beginning. There's no question. What do you think about a guy like uh, a guy like Dendecker who came up to replace Revere? What do you do? You think he slots in with any regularity now, or do you think it's do you think it's uh, Taylor and Harper and Worth's outfield? Worth outfield. I don't think. I think if Dendecker was going to be seeing any sort of regular playing time, he would have already been here. Yeah, I mean, he got the call up, but. I think you get some time, certainly, but it's not going to be it's not going to be the the way that we talked about before, uh, where when Taylor was your fourth outfielder and you're going to give give Revere and Worth some regular time off. I don't. That's not. You're not going to see that with Ben Decker. He's just not that 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 level of player as Taylor is. Yes. Um. Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, roster decision. Uh, is is the next thing you have written down? So, what what roster decisions did you want to talk about? I assume some some bullpenny things. Um, just like anything that stuck out uh, when the Nationals named their twenty five man to come north. Um, it essentially went as we predicted, except for in the bullpen. Yeah. Um. Obviously, Sean Burnett did not come north with the team. He hasn't I, signed yet, right? I have not seen that he signed anywhere. Please, if you're listening, let us know if he has. Uh, I find that kind of strange, but it's still early. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's that's definitely part of it is that, that it's... Injuries will happen. It's early. Yeah, and, and injuries happen. And you imagine he'll sign someplace here soon, and you almost hope that it's not in D.C. because that would mean an injury early uh, yeah. at this point. Um, but... I'm surprised with two things. One, that he didn't make the team, as we discussed last week. I, I thought, not that he was a lock to, but I thought the, that he had a pretty good chance of making it. Um, but B, that he didn't take reassignment. Yeah, um, I think he was just banking on, he had a really good spring that he thought he could get a major league job. And and that's not a bad bet. I think that if you're in that situation and you threw, what, 10 scoreless innings in spring training or whatever it was, I don't think that was a bad bet to take on himself by any stretch, but like if you go down AAA and you know, you're going to be the first guy called up, then it's a major league bullpen. A guy's going to get hurt like tomorrow. Yeah. Especially when you haven't really pitched since ever. Yeah. And you've had two Tommy John surgeries. And I mean, it's, you definitely have to think about it and go, "Eh." you know, I, I hope it plays out for him. Uh, It pans out for him. I really, really like the guy um and he did a good job here and i think he could be that like that loogie that you're looking for uh but mostly i was surprised that it, because dusty decided to go with a five-man rotation yes that was a uh, that was mostly what was a little confusing especially because, with how the rotation slotted right now yeah ultimately for me i thought that with the with the way that was looking, you ha- you start with the four-man, and then you have an extra bullpen guy, which is where Sean Burnett was going to fit in anyway. Right. And then, you know, you send down either Roark or Ross to start the year for, you know, two weeks. And then you get, the- you get everything going after that. So that was ultimately the most surprising part for me, um, was that they s- decided to... Start with Gio Gonzalez, or I'm sorry, start with uh, a five-man rotation. Yeah, I I agree. It was a peculiar move. Um, although, with the amount of off days there are, like as of right now, the Nationals are off again Friday. You know, you're not looking at too many situations where, ideally, you're going to need that many arms. So, I don't know. I guess I understand it, but I don't understand it at all. Yeah, I mean, I guess it, you're right. It goes it goes both ways. That like, you know, if you make one of those starters available out of the bullpen, you, you're accomplishing the same thing, and you're you know you're not dealing with the guys being sent down at the beginning of the year to have that feel for the start of a season. 
Right, and so, especially now that Syracuse is off for the first four games. Because of snow and field conditions? Field conditions. Uh, yeah, oh, it's crazy. Um, that was a nice defensive play. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this is going to be a transition. We're going to have to actually learn how to focus again. Learn how to focus again. Yeah, we didn't have baseball distracting us before. Now it's, yeah. now, now it's on my TV. It's on um, my TV. But on that note, though, and I brought this up before as kind of a late addition to the, to the podcast itinerary, but um, it now kind of feels like Gio Gonzalez is the odd guy out. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. He, uh, he's not starting tomorrow. Yep. Well, he was originally Dusty's idea was that he would start the second game because if he started the second game, he would, you know, because of he doesn't pitch deep into games, it would give the bullpen some extra time. Right, that which was makes originally, sense. which totally makes sense. It makes perfect sense. But then it it turned into Steven Strasburg got the number two start, which is also fine because right. he's the second best pitcher on the team. Yes. So you look and say, okay, so you you line up your two best guys. So then you figure, okay, well that means that uh, that Gio will start opening day which, at, at home, which you know would put him in the third spot or whatever. Right. You get the veteran, the, the home opener start, you know. Exactly. And then Dusty kind of goes, actually, well, we still ideally want to slot Geo in between Strasburg and Scherzer because we want to get him the time. So if that stands to reason, he, I don't think he pitched the last like week and a half of spring training. And now he's not going to pitch like the first week and a half of the season. It just feels like, uh, I don't know. There's something very interesting about that. And I, I get where Dusty's coming from with the wanting to slot him in for, for bullpen and everything else. It's, it's a very smart managerial decision, but I don't know. It, there's something that seems, and then, you know, he did the, the awesome vote of confidence, but we have every confidence in geo that he could be the elite pitcher, you know, but of course, which you you're not. To. Yeah. But you're not doing anything to show that. Yeah. I, I found that, quite peculiar um do you think there's any merit to geo being a five um when you look at the rest of the lot of, of the rotation i think there you could make an argument for four i don't yeah. know how you can make an argument for geo being a number five pitcher i don't he you know your number five pitcher is your quad a triple a pitcher for usually 90 percent of rotations in baseball yes. so Gio is not that pitcher <laughs> there. He certainly has weaknesses. He throws way too many balls. He walks way too many guys. Uh, he does not go deep into games. It's, you know, it's a definite weakness of his, but to, to say that he, that he's a number five pitcher. Oh, that's tough. That's, that's a hard pill for me to swallow. Yeah. I think it's tough when Gio's on, he's definitely not, but He's been off a lot more than he's been on of late. And granted, uh, Tanner Roark, he was a great starter two years ago. Last year, when he was back and forth and back and forth, not so quality. So we don't know really what Tanner Roark we're going to see. But Joe Ross had some phenomenal starts last year. Yeah. Well, that that honestly was my argument. Would would have been put Ross three and then Geo four. And then, and then uh, Roark five. So yeah, I mean, depending on what kind of pitcher you're expecting out of Tanner Roark, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. So I think there could definitely be some merit to it. Um, I obviously like him more close to the top of the rotation, but really, once you get past opening day and all that, it really doesn't matter. You can have <laughs> ace, ace, ace. Number is just a number. You um, might, you might get one more start. A year, maybe, yeah. maybe if you stay healthy for 162 games. But definitely an interesting decision there. Um, yeah, yeah, and I mean, I I think that uh, with everything that's been talked about about Mike Maddox working with Geo and trying to kind of get the mental part of the game back under control for him, which I think is a good plan. You know, maybe it's just a hey, you just had a kid. We we don't need to rush this. You were trying to get everything under control mentally. The physical is there, and we'll get you into a game soon. And then he just be- kind of becomes the the guy that is available just in case the worst thing happens and, you know, uh, th- there's a 15-inning game or something and you bring Gio out of the bullpen in the 10th inning. 
yep. uh, for the first few, few first week or so, week and a half. It's not a bad decision. It's just it's amazing to think that when Gio was signed before the 2012 season, that could have been a that could have even been on the cards. Yeah, especially after his first season. Well, yeah, his first season with the team, he finishes third in in NL Cy Young voting. And you're like, oh, my God, Mike Rizzo got another guy for nothing. You know, it's – it wasn't Mike Morris part of that deal and then he came back? Was that that deal? No. No, No, definitely not. Yeah. You're thinking of A.J. Cole coming back. I am thinking of A.J. Cole coming back. Thank you. I appreciate that. uh, But A.J. Cole was part of that deal and he came back. That was exactly what I was thinking. Thank you. Um, so you want to talk about sliding or do you want to talk about Frank's pole? I kind of want to talk about, <clears throat> I think the whole sliding conversation goes right into make baseball fun again. Okay. So, which sliding. I definitely want to talk about. Oh yeah, totally. That's going to be awesome. Um, um, go ahead. I love Bryce Harper. First off, he's my boy. Uh, he showed up to post game. After a couple of interviews over the offseason, over the end of spring training, where he basically crapped on the goose gossages of the world, uh, goose crapped on him um, <laughs> nice. with their curmudgeonliness about things like bat flips and the celebrations you see after making a good play or getting a good save. Bryce Harper loves that and he wants to see more of it. And I know we are both team Bryce Harper. Uh, got a lot of crap for it at the time from your old, old people that hate baseball. Um, <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going out there. It's fine. Um, so Bryce Harper showed up to post game after hitting another opening day home run. I think it was his fourth of his career. Uh, oh, wearing, that's totally true. Yeah, you're right. It's wearing games. Yep, wearing a make baseball fun again hat in the style of a certain Republican nominee's hat. Uh, it Resumptive was amazing. Republican nominee, correct? Nice. Uh, it was amazing. It was great. Everyone was super excited. I have wanted that hat, and I've waffled for two days about buying that hat uh, because it's amazing. And I love, I love the sentiment. I love all that. Um, I definitely want to see a lot more of that in the game. I think it's fun. I think it's great. I think MLB needs to connect more with the younger generation. Just look at what the NBA does with uh, social media outreach, uh, allowing, you know, gifts and vines. And NHL does the same thing. NHL does a great job with it as well. Yeah, I mean, they're they're at... both far ahead of the other leagues as far as that right. goes. Um, so MLB would be wise to encourage that type of behavior. Um, but it just goes – kind of shows the divide between baseball fans right now. There's always been the nerd, uh, hmm. geek, stat head portion of baseball, and then there's been the play the game the right way, unwritten rules, don't show up so-and-so, play the game, you know, the, the Cardinals way kind of stuff. Um, and that seems to be getting exacerbated more and more every single time something like this happens. Yeah. Um, and it came out again full force last night uh, when the Blue Jays and Rays game ended on a instant replay call at second base where uh, Batista slid into second to break up a double play, overslid the base, and grabbed the shortstop by the leg as he slid by. Which, oh, by the way, has been illegal always. You are actually yeah, that's not, never been okay. Yeah, you are not allowed to reach out and grab a player. Yeah. Um, so after replay, uh, it was ruled a double play, and yep. the game was over, and the Rays won, and the Blue Jays lost uh, due to a new rule uh, that everyone has dubbed the Chase Utley rule. After he viciously slid into Ruben Dejada. Thank you. Uh, yep. And broke his leg yeah. last year in the last week of the season. No, it was in the playoffs. Was it in the playoffs? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's what I, th- I, I wasn't quite sure. It was the division series. Okay. So. Uh, championship series? No. Might have been the cha- I think it was the championship series. Yeah, it was the championship series. <laughs> I'm not so sure. 
I got you beat on that one. Yeah, yeah, I can never, never. Um, so every single former baseball player in the media, including those who might be doing color commentary for your Washington Nationals, has sounded off. Yeah. Uh, there are two camps. There are the they need to change this rule of media because it is ruining the game. Yeah. And then there's the reasonable people, I should say, uh, that say, well, it's actually a rule. And first off, this wasn't, this was never actually legal. And it's in there input in place to protect people. And I think anything we can do to prevent something like that is better because I, I mean, I don't want my son to be raised where you can go in any sort of way towards second base and it's fine. And you can take someone out and slide past the base studs up legs up, knees up, take someone out and it's okay. I don't want that. That's not, that's not right. I don't feel good about that. I wouldn't be excited. That doesn't scream hard baseball play. That seems dirty and cheap. So that's obviously where I come down. Um, And I know you heard a little bit of what, FP was saying on the broadcast tonight. So what, what, what do you, what did, what did he say? And what do you think about it? Yeah. So uh, I, first of all, Michelle tweets and said it was a division series. So thank you for, for correcting that. Michelle. Thank Appreciate you. Fact it. checkers. Yes. Um, so FP today on the broadcast uh, brought up something uh, about, apparently he and he and Dan Colco sat down and uh, did some math and said, uh, there are a few, there are like 10,000 slides into, you know, they did some rough math that said about 10,000 slides uh, into second base every year. And because of two slides, you're going to change the entire rule because there are two sides last year that did damage. And so why are you going to change the rule? And I've got to admit, I'm a little conflicted on this. Yeah. Um, I think that the, you, we were kind of talking off the air. It's like, former players just need to stop talking because yeah. they, they make valid points sound invalid yes. because of the way they come about the argument. It's it like, is oh, very much of the, you're either with me or you're against me. And in, in very, in my day, yeah, you know, we, we did it this way and it was perfectly fine. Everybody Old man you know, yells at cloud. Yeah. And so that's not the way to convince anybody. That's just a way to say, this is my opinion on it and I'm smarter than you, or to I know more about it because bloviate. It, it's the same nice, good use of blue, but it's the same argument of Jessica Mendoza is not the best color commentator in baseball, even though I think she is at this point because she never played the game. Right. It's like you should die in a fire. Because that's the worst thing that you could possibly say. Yeah. Because just because somebody did not play the game doesn't mean that they don't know a lot about the game and have not spent a lot of time studying the game. And so all that said, I, I understand the sentiment of where, of where FP and those and that group is coming from because I was very obviously and very clearly with you on this saying like, yeah, like players are getting hurt. And so stop players from getting hurt by changing this one little rule and basically just enforcing things you weren't supposed to be able to do anyway, but what's happening. Um, But at the same time, it feels like, so for me, like the, the murdering of the catcher at home plate rule, I'm super thrilled that was changed. That's terrible. That is just a guy coming in and blindly swiping and killing a catcher. And I'm not okay with that. But there's something about the, you know, I I don't subscribe to the thing that FP was saying on the broadcast of saying the middle infielder has to be nimble and you got to get out of the way or you get hurt. No, that's not valid to me. But the idea of that, like, yeah, you should be able to slide at the base and be within reach of the base. But the, I don't know, the, there's something about it that rings with me. And the more I think, talk it out and the more I think about it, I realize like really all it's saying is slide at the base and don't put your cleats up and it's going to be fine. Well, here's the thing. You can still do a quote unquote takeout slide. That's not necessarily 100% against the rules as I understand it. You just can't go through the base and you can't, 
purposefully attack, I guess, essentially. You can do a hook slide. You can do something like that. Yeah, as long true. as you are within arm's reach of the base. But one of the things about this play, he grabbed the guy and he went over top of the base. Yeah. And that's where, you know, but I, I agree on all those points, obviously. And I, I think that, like, you got you shouldn't be able to slide past the base. You, the goal should be to slide to the base, not to slide past the base. And you should be able to slide into the base without, you know, touching it maybe with your pinky and hoping that you're on the base. Like, I'm totally on board with that. But what he said about the 10,000 slides a year and you get two injuries and you change your rule, that that did ring true to me. Yeah. Like, I think if you can help those two people, why not? What's that? I think it looks better. I think it is cleaner. I think it's... I think it looks better. I think it's a, you know, a much more baseball player. And with the elimination of the neighborhood play, yeah, which is no longer a thing, they're it's cleaning up what it should be. Yeah. It's making it look more like the baseball that r- rules are actually designed for. There's nowhere that was in the rules when FP Santangelo and CJ Nitkowski played and uh, Aaron Boone played that said oh, you don't actually have to be on the base yeah, to get an out. So that's one of the things this rule also did. It cleaned it up. So they're actually, like you said, enforcing something that should already have been in place. And you want to talk all about unwritten rules of the game and all that stuff. How about you just play the game? How about instead of trying to injure someone, trying to – it's called a take-out slide. Yeah, the goal is to For take God's out, sake. Take the out. goal yeah, is to yeah. take out a person. <clears throat> and one of the things that really bothered me on the broadcast earlier that FP said is he barely grabbed him. He, you can't get hurt off of that. Well, you can actually. Yeah. You can well, grab someone's leg while they're in the air and flip them so that they land on their head and get a concussion. Yeah. You can or, do or all worse, sorts – Or <laughs> jack up their knee. Yeah. You know, there's so many things that can happen. And yes, it could be a fluke thing, but if you can do something to prevent it, I want to see Ruben Tejada playing in the DS. I want to see him losing in the DS, but I want to see him playing. Yeah. I don't want to see a situation like we saw with Buster Posey before they changed that rule, where he got destroyed and he missed pretty much the entire season. I want to see the players on the field. And if this is one little rule, even if it's only for a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of injuries, this was going to help. Once again, yes, it might be two major injuries that were directly caused by that. But how many indirect injuries have been caused? How much extra soreness has been added to a middle infielder who has to jump over someone, gets taken out, lands awkwardly, gets that extra soreness, needs an extra day off, he gets a, gets an injury like a, a muscle pull, a soft tissue injury because they were overexerting themselves because they were already sore and they were overcompensating. You know, there's no way you can put one number on it. There's so much gray there. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're I, ultimately right. And I, I just I so it, it saves two people a year. That's two more people playing baseball yep. that are probably better than the two people that replace them playing baseball. And I want to see as many good people out there as humanly possible. And if that's all it does, I think it looks cleaner. I think it's a more, I guess, gentlemanly and upstanding way to play the game. It's a way that you want the game to be shown. You don't want to see – I mean, hockey's eliminating fighting slowly by having more talented people play, and those players are kind of falling off the wayside. Well, and that, that's one of the problems, the main problems that, that I have with FP's argument. His, his argument was, or with one of the points of his argument, um, which was, well, you're, you know, you're talking about making baseball fun again, and you want to do that, and I'm totally on board with making baseball fun again, and this is one of the ways to make baseball fun. No. One of the ways to make baseball fun is to have the best players playing as often as possible, returning. We are watching a a game between the Nationals, who are going to be among the better teams in baseball, and the Braves, who are going to be among the worst teams in baseball. So far in in today's game, Hector uh, Ender Inciarte has made a ridiculous catch. Uh, Michael A. Taylor has made a ridiculous throw to make an out at second base. Has, and, doesn't he, does he have two outfield assists tonight, or just the one? He might. I just, I just saw the one. I remember yeah. seeing the one. And uh, Wilson Ramos got, uh, threw a uh, 
base stealer out with a perfect throw. Those are the kind of ways that you get people excited into a game by, by having those kind of moments, not the Chase Utley breaking a guy's leg in half thing. Like, that's not exciting. That's like you watch that and you cringe. That's not exciting. Yeah, not any, any quote-unquote highlight in baseball that's on SportsCenter, that's on whatever Fox's show is. I don't even know. That's how bad Fox Sports 1 is. Yeah. Um, where they're showing over and over again a player getting injured, and there is a large portion of the baseball population, the baseball punditry, saying this is what we want to keep in the game. Yeah. That's, that's not a good look. No, that's not how you're going to get people interested in the game. That's not how I, – I don't know any child that grows up and says, I want to break someone's leg just like Chase Utley. I'm no, going to go and – yeah. They want to. They want to turn the double play, just like Danny Espinosa. They want to turn the double play. They want to hit the home run. They want to throw the ninety-nine mile an hour sinker. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for breaking the rules, Noah Syndergaard. Speaking of breaking so, the rules, I don't know. I think when there's a giant portion of the baseball community that supports something that, on the surface, even just looks heinous and looks bad. I think that's a problem because there is a look to things, you know, that, that matters. Yeah. How things are perceived matters and plays like that have always been perceived as dirty and gross and not pleasant and not that fun to watch. So I don't know. I don't think there's any really good reason to keep that kind of thing going. I agree. And speaking of blowhards, Nice. Um, That's a great Bill, transition. Bill Maher said some stuff. And Gosh. I, I just, can I preface this? You and I, I think, um, you, you would say we're to the left of center politically. Yes, yes, I would. It would be maybe an understatement. Yes. Um, so Bill Maher is supposed to be somebody who speaks for that group. That guy is a moron. He is, yeah. he is a moron. Um, he apparently today, uh, this afternoon was on an interview at a New York, New York radio talk show, sports station. And it in within three minutes, an inter- interview called Bryce Harper, a douchebag and a dick. Um, comments about, <laughs> about what the meaning of that. I don't know. I just felt like I wanted to bring it up because like the perception about Harper has gone so far beyond the scope of reality because of like some really dumb people like Bill Maher and people of that ilk. Like it doesn't, I, what, what evidence do you have that this guy, it it bothers me because he is anything but that guy. Yeah. It's, it's bordering on farce now. Oh, it's totally a farce. Um, I think Bryce Harper, I mean, we're biased. I know that we get to see every day in day out what he does. And we got to see the pictures and quotes coming out of Friday when he was hamming it up with the Nats youth baseball Academy folk. Right. Um, we get, how dare he want to make baseball fun? How yeah, dare he, right. what kind of example is he going to set for the children Yeah. by saying, I want to have fun. It's a game. It's a game. They're playing a game for a living. They're making a metric butt ton of money to play a game. Yep. So I don't understand. I really don't want to spend any time talking about morons any more than we already have. So I have one important question, to though. How is a metric butt, butt ton of money different from a standard butt ton of money? Um, it's a little bit bigger. Not by much. Not by much. Got it. Not by much, but a little bit bigger. For instance, I weigh a, a, a butt ton, not quite a metric butt ton. But <laughs> I'm working on it. That's totally fair. Oh, God, good stuff. Um, any more things before we uh, go find I dig into some questions? I would like to dig into some questions. Uh, so Jude asks, and we kind of we basically talked about it already, but going to bring it up anyway. Surprised you is not pitching for the home opener as originally planned for me. The answer is yes, I am surprised. 
Yeah, yeah, I think we covered that one pretty good. It's a little, a little surprising. Uh, <laughs> your brother asks, is Michael Taylor sabotaging anyone who is above him on the depth chart? I am not. I like this theory. Yeah. This is a good theory. I really enjoy this. Uh, we saw it with Spain. Two years in a row. Yep, yep. So I, I think there might be something to it. We'll see what happens if and when Revere comes back. Well, if, you, if, you could, if you're sabotaging right, he never returns. See, That's true, yes. That was, that was the mistake with Span well, last year. He well, got a little soft and Span came back for like half a game. Well, or he doesn't want anyone to get suspicious. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah. so he's really thought deep into it is what you're saying. Yeah, ex- exactly. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's one of my favorite new theories out there. So. But, uh, Michael Taylor's a smart guy. I, uh, I, you know, I believe it. I believe he uh, is capable of the, of the, of the conspiracy. Yeah, there we go. And so uh, Michelle asks for four in a row here. Uh, is the bullpen going to kill us this year? Um, yes. And Probably. No. It, well, it's just, it's what bullpens, bullpens are meant do. to break your heart. That's yeah, exactly. Uh, we answered this question. Uh, who should bat lead off? We talked about that at some length at the top of the show. Uh, how awesome is Espy's arm? I'm going with very, very. I'm going with, it's lovely. Hmm, nice. Uh, and who will win a gold glove on the nationals this year? Uh, I'm going to go with none. Gonna go with none. I'm gonna go with none. I'm gonna go with Bryce Harper. Because, wow! Because it's an offensive award. That's true. Uh, you got it. I would go with Danny Espinosa if it didn't mean you have to hit a lot. Yeah. In order to win it. Uh, the 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 pugs ask. Uh, the Frenchy Bros ask. Wow, those are not pugs. I know. We've been over this. It's a joke. Oh, I did not know that. It's I've a joke. Over this, I pay attention. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, which former Nationals player uh, is the biggest trader bait? And also, where is Lady? Well, the answer to where is Lady is probably running. Yeah. Um, and who is the national? Which former Nationals player is the biggest trader bait? So let me make sure I understand this question correctly. Which... Well, however you define it is how we're going with it. Okay, so I'm taking it as which former National would make me want to be a trader? Uh, let's go with that. That's a good. That's a good definition. Okay, uh, gosh. Um, is Nook Logan still playing? <laughs> I was like, which ridiculously obscure player is Craig going to go for? I, I almost went with Ryan Church. Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, wow. Um, for, I mean, it, for, for me, it's an arts fan. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it's, I love that guy. How did you take the question? I wasn't sure how to. That's why I asked you. Wow, nice play. That's a host move right there. That, I was gonna say this is this is why I, I I overtake the hosting sometimes. You know, I'm just too stupid, and I gotta you gotta figure it out for me. Nice. That's that's. Uh, that's but yeah, no, that was the best way to take it for sure. Uh, that's what she said is really is is nice. <laughs> oh, <laughs> is Nick Logan really your answer? Um, let's see. My answer. I really like Span. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I, there hasn't been that Oh, good player. one, Fang. Chen Ming Wong. Chen Ming Wong is good. There hasn't been that many Nats players in the last couple of years. Uh, I mean, in the last five years, probably, that I've gotten super attached to and, like... That have left, yet. Yeah, that have left. I mean, yeah. Zimmerman's still there. Um, Harper, obviously, is still there. Well, one of the Zimmermans. One of the Zimmermen. Um, so, I don't know. I... I just try not to let myself get too attached because I understand that it's a business and that not that our favorite team is the nationals, but, and we love them, but not everyone that plays for them is going to love them and want to stay always. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good way of saying that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree. We, we want them to. Oh, yeah, of course. Sure. But, I mean, for the same reason, I mean, how many people are still in their first job after college? I mean... Yeah, right. I mean, you have new opportunities. That's pretty standard. New challenges, all that kind of stuff. So I try not to let myself get too attached. Um, For instance, the last Nationals jersey I bought was after the player left. Um, Yeah, right. uh, Obviously... You know, I care about the players, but I'm not really 
going to get super attached. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I would agree. Was that was that a sad answer? <sighs> kind of, but it was, was also a real. sad. It was real. I'm a realist. Yes, um, yes, I know, Nick. I know, Nick. You're in the same job. I know. Uh, nice. Uh, Fang asks, uh, "What do we think of the roster depth this year? Should the Nationals try to go deeper?" Which is what she said. Yes. And I said that. Um, I don't know what deeper means. Uh, I mean, uh, deeper in the depth charts, I would imagine, is what he means. I mean, I think they've got a pretty solid bench right now. Yeah. Uh, I think all that really matters is how it's deployed, which it's game two, so I don't know yet. Yeah. I uh, I don't know where they really could. You could always use a bullpen arm, but actually the bullpen's in okay shape at the moment. Um. Not much you could do on the starter side. The bench is pretty solid as long as the starters stay healthy for a little while. So, you know, I uh, I don't think there's a whole lot more to do at the moment. Like you said, things change throughout the course of the year as injuries happen and or people grotesquely underperform or anything like that. But I think at the moment, I think Mike Rizzo built a good team this year, ultimately. I think he did a good job of going and signing a lot of guys to minor league deals with invites to spring training, guys, some veteran guys, especially relievers, and saying, and some middle infield as well. And say, come make the team. Um, so I'm I'm all about it. Yeah. Um, Phil asks, is there something in the water cooler that causes oblique injuries? I'm not sure, but uh, if there is, there you, there's there's probably some money in that scientific study. That is way better than my theory. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That is a pretty. <laughs> it is a good one. Fang uh, asks, how long of a leash does Jason Worth have in terms of offensive production and or defensive liabilities? I think as of right now, uh, he's got quite a long leash. Yeah. Quite a long leash tied to uh, quite a bit of money. Yes. Speaking of, Beard asks a serious question. Thoughts on the outlay rule? Oh, we talked about that. Yeah, nice. Sorry, Beard. We totally talked about that. Uh, I like this one. I think the last two questions that we're going to ask are from Fang here, and they're pretty good ones. Uh, if you could move a Nats minor league affiliate, which one would you move and why? And where would you move it and why? Uh, I like this question a lot. Obviously Syracuse, obviously to Richmond. Yeah, that's a pretty good answer. <laughs> I mean, um, the Richmond Flying Squirrels are there right now. They are a Giants affiliate. Yeah, that's odd. Well, yeah. the, the uh, Potomac Cannons used to be a Giants affiliate as well. Did they? Yeah. At one huh. point. Huh. Yeah. I don't think right. I knew that. I knew right. they were Yankees. Cardinals. I knew they were Cardinals, and I knew they were... Uh, I'm almost Pirates. certain it was Giants. I'm almost certain. I, knew I might they be were totally Pirates wrong on the show. Point. But um, eh, that's a good answer. I would say uh, Syracuse to Loudoun 1. Oh, wow. That stadium's not actually happening, though. No, I know, but make it happen. That'd be nice. Let me a, just... It was an open question. I went for it. I like it. That's really good. Um, and then the a favorite of Craig's by from Feng. Uh, what do you think about I, uh, John Oliver's stunt to give the proletariat seats with the wealthy? And first now, off, now explain it and then answer. First off, proletariat. That's so good. Yes, please. That's that's a job well done right there. Um, so John Oliver, host of HBO's Last Week Tonight, a Daily Show style long-form journalism show, might I say? A weekly show, if you will. Yeah, weekly, uh, long-form-ish, takes on big issues. Uh, For those of you that follow lots of baseball inanity, inanity? I don't think that's a word. We're going to look it up. Can you look it up for me while I talk? Sure. Okay. Um, During the off-season, the Yankees have stopped selling tickets on secondary markets, StubHub, SeatGeek, um, all oh, those God. It's, it's a totally word. a word. Yep, suck it. That's Quality right. or state of being inane. Yep, well suck it long and suck it hard. <laughs> um, so the Yankees are refusing to sell tickets on secondary markets now, uh, and their reasoning was quite suspect. Basically, one of their executives came out and said, essentially, the people that pay for the nice seats behind home plate don't want to sit with the people that are buying cheap seats in the nice seats. 
buying inexpensive, nice seats, I should say, on the secondary market. Yeah. Because they're rich and they don't want to rub elbows with the riffraff. Yeah, they don't want to sit with the unwashed masses. So what John Oliver did, uh, and this is very much like him, um, he bought a bunch of tickets for right behind home plate at the Yankees game, and he offered them up to viewers for a quarter, (laughs) yes, 25 cents. So good. If they tweeted him... With the hashtag, I forget what it was. Um, I'm something like something really long. Um, I'll look it up later. Uh, if they showed him what they were planning on wearing to the game, and so the winner of the first game was two gentlemen wearing Ninja Turtles costumes, <laughs> sitting in Marlins man seats territory. It, the, the hashtag is I have never sat in a premium location. There it is. Hashtag I've never sat in a premium location. Yes. <laughs> oh, um, yes. So they were sitting in Marlins Man territory right behind home plate. And it's amazing. And apparently they were supposed to be there for the first three games of the season. So that's awesome. And I love it. And I think it's a great thing. I hate the Yankees a lot and I hate them even more now. So that's cool. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And also noted, uh, AJ Przinsky might be the worst person at catching a baseball in baseball at this point in the season. Just not good at it. Uh, that is a very, very good uh, summation, as as I understand it. Yeah. Uh, of this set of circumstances. Yeah. Um, um, I had a question I actually wanted to answer. Oh, yeah. Do it. Um, that was from earlier, and I believe it was my brother sent it in. Um, oh, really? Yeah. It wasn't the sabotaging one. Let me see if I can find it. Just talk amongst yourselves. I'll give you a topic. You got to give me a topic, otherwise. I don't um, the about. topic is uh, we never touched on the poll. The poll. Oh yeah, we totally never touched on the poll. We got to do that pretty quick though. So touch on the poll real quick, which is what she said. This <laughs> this episode is totally getting the NC seventeen rating. Wow, NC seventeen. Uh, no, it's just explicit. I was just okay. I was just giving it a rating. Anyway. Okay. All right, I can't find the question, and it definitely wasn't from my brother, but it was something about – I think it might have been Fang. It might have been uh, how has fatherhood changed how you view um, baseball. Let's see. I'm still looking. Is that the answer? Is that the answer? That, that the might problem? be the answer. This is this is great television right here. Yeah, this is great television. We're gonna okay, let's talk about the poll. Let's talk about the poll because I can't find the question. Okay. Okay. Cool, That's yeah. Two, two minutes to talk about the poll, and then we get to wrap up. Okay, so uh, at Nats101, Frank, a uh, wonderful special ops member, asked us earlier, ask a poll, which would you rather have, Bryce Harper on the Nationals for the next 15 years at 2015 production every single year, but no World Series wins, or a World Series win and no Bryce Harper for the next 15 years? Uh, the answer for me is very simple. Okay. Uh, I want a ring. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I figured you'd go there. I want, uh, I've never been a fan of a team that's ever won anything. And I love baseball more than most things. And I want to be able to say my team won a world series in 2023. Yeah. So I, I just, it, I had to think about it for sure, but ultimately it was really a no doubter. I I'm gonna get to see Bryce Harper play anyway. It so you know I'm gonna see him do all the cool things, and I'm still gonna think it's awesome no matter what team he plays for. But I want my team to win bad. So that's my answer. Yeah, I'm actually going the opposite. Yes, I'm going with Bryce Harper because. 2015 Bryce Harper, and this is where it sold me. Bryce Harper, having him, you know, for the next 15 years would be amazing. Having 2015 Bryce Harper would be legendary. Like, he would surpass Babe Ruth in terms of greatest player of all time Mm -hmm. if he produced at a 10-war level for the next 15 years, 
We're talking 150 plus war. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, that's not, no, that's, that's, and I would be able to tell my son and my son would grow up seeing the greatest player in baseball history. Granted, no ring. That's okay. Yeah. Rings, there's one a year. Yeah. How, there's one team gets a ring a year. There, if it's that, there's one Bryce Harper. There is yeah. one best player of all time, and it would yeah. be Bryce Harper in that scenario. So I can't turn down seeing the greatest player in history. I can't. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Yeah. I get the logic. I, you know, I could go both ways on it, but really, just I, as 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 Bryce says, uh, "Where's my ring?" That's I right. Want, I want it. I want my ring. So, want all right, let's let's wrap up so I can edit this thing and uh, actually watch a little baseball. Oh, there we go. So, well, thank you guys for listening. Again, thank you to our uh, amazing special opsers. We appreciate you guys. And uh, we'll talk to you all next week, question mark. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Nats Talk on the go. For more information, check us out on the web at www.natstalkonthego.com or contact the guys at Nats Talk on the go on Twitter. If you like what you heard, take a minute to rate the podcast on iTunes and help us spread the word. See you next time. Go Nats!